No matter if points are gained or points are lost, there will be much to discuss. For analysis regarding tonight's Winnipeg Jets game, here are Dave Manouk, Ezra Ginsberg, and your host, Drew Mendel. The Illegal Curve post-game show starts now. We got one more of these to do. We got to finish tonight's post-game show. Where Dave and I are here. And then I think everybody, us, all you in the chat, all you watching, players, everybody needs to take a step back. Everyone needs to walk away and take the week off. Come back Saturday morning, next Saturday morning, 15-year anniversary of the Illegal Curve Hockey Show. But everybody needs to take a break. The last two games, Wednesday in Toronto, tonight, the Jets lost to the Leafs at home, have stirred up too many emotions for everybody. Everybody needs to take a step back, take a sober second thought, recalibrate. We'll talk about tonight's defeat like we do after each and every Winnipeg Jets game. But after tonight, I want you all to go and introduce yourselves to your family again. If your family doesn't watch with you, if your family doesn't sit there and watch every game, maybe they do. Then maybe you need some time away from them as well. I'm not going to tell you what to do. But whatever it is, whether it's more time with the family or less time with the family, that's all after tonight, after the next hour or so, right around 10 o'clock p.m. Let's all agree that we're going to take a minute. We're going to go find something else to do. We're going to go for a walk. I was at the Forks last night. The river trail is beautiful. It's not fully open, of course, but the weather is nice. Let's all enjoy some nature. Let's all just go and get a little bit of time to recenter ourselves ahead of the stretch drive before the final 35 games of the season. And with that out of the way, I say good evening, Winnipeg. Good evening, Manitoba. And for all those joining us live this evening on our YouTube channel and all of our social media platforms, I say cheers and good evening, universe, and welcome to the Illegal Curve post-game show. I need this beer. I don't know about you, Dave. I don't know. You're not a big drinker, generally speaking. I like a beer or two. I know you like a beer or two, but I needed this beer. Like, when that game ended... And the result of the game, and again, just just everything about the last week or so, even though it hasn't been an especially heavy schedule, when you play the Leafs two games in a row, it can't help but boil and bubble up things inside of you. So I needed this beer just to sort of calm myself down. Sure. Cheers to you. I say cheers to everyone else. We'll talk about tonight's game. Disappointing result. Disappointing effort. The better team won tonight in my estimation. Mm -hmm. But it was there for the Jets, and again, it's going to be the storyline until it's until they change the storyline. These special teams were the key contributor, I thought, to the Jets' defeat tonight, Dave. Well, that was a nice soliloquy by you, Drew. It took a couple minutes, allowed me to uh, edit and post. Your 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 little your little fingers were typing away there. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my, my mic is cranked too high. Okay, I'll, I'll reduce my volume. Apparently, I'm too a little too high. Hold on one second. I don't know how people were already saying I was too loud. Here, maybe I'll just step back. Can you guys hear me? Am I, am I good? You're good. You're good. You're good. Okay, well, I was going to say, I was trying to tweet out the, the Moose are actually scoring some goals. So, I mean, it's uh, while, while Jetsland is is in you know depressed nation right now, the Moose, who are in an 11-game slide, are, have scored four in Rockford after two periods of play. It's now 4-3 because the Ice Hogs got one back. This isn't a Moose game, of course. But uh, anyways, look, it's it's a tough game. The Jets power play, I would suspect that Brad Lauer is not going to take any time off. He doesn't need to take any time off. He'll hopefully go against what you said, Drew, because he needs to spend his time 
working on that power play because they had three straight opportunities. Uh, they didn't look like the more dangerous of the two teams, and that's a problem for the Winnipeg Jets. So, um, again, they're they're going to need to start to go back to the drawing board, figure something out. I mean, they've got basically their their units together, with the exception of Mark Shifley, and I'm not minimizing Mark Shifley's importance, of course. But you know, this is a this is a team that had the opportunity to uh, score on the power play. They could have take they could have really you know adjusted the game or mm-hmm. taken over the game, and they didn't. So that that to me is the biggest problem in tonight's game because the Jets look good to start this game. When you looked at it, I mean, Toronto, Toronto, Toronto had a couple had the opening few shots, but the Jets scored on I believe on their first shot of the game, and it looked like they could have taken things over, and they had some good momentum as a result. Mm-hmm. And then it was almost like I don't know. It was again, it wasn't cohesive. It was disruptive. The team just didn't seem like they had that connectivity and. Again, I go back to this idea of the lines. I don't like Rasmus Kupari up on that line with, uh, who was he with? He was with, with well, I mean, I know the lines. Perfetti and, uh, and, and Ehlers. Yeah, and Perfetti, oh, and, Perfetti and Velarde. Perfetti and Velarde. I mean, obviously, you know, Gabriel Velarde is coming back from an injury, but, uh, you know, he didn't have a super impactful game. Um, it's, it's a tough, it was a tough one for the Winnipeg Jets and they just didn't look like they had it going on. And as a result, I mean, you're, you're sitting there and you're watching, you know, this very easily remember, I mean, the Leafs, I actually had said that I didn't think it was going to be called a goal. And we'll get into that obviously during the re- the recap, Yeah, but you went, you took a one, nothing game where you had the crowd and let's be realistic. That was a, that was an electric atmosphere. A lot of Leafs fans and no Jets fans don't want to hear that, but a lot of folks with with Leafs allegiance. So, and, and let me just interrupt you there for a second before sure. people say that that's not a Winnipeg thing, folks. It happened in Calgary earlier. Happened in Edmonton. It happened in Edmonton. It happens in Vancouver. They can't afford to go to games in Toronto. Oftentimes, whether or not they live in Winnipeg or not, you know, they can't afford to go to games in Toronto. So they oftentimes, if they don't live in Winnipeg, I mean, there's tons of Leafs fans who live in Winnipeg. There's other Leafs fans who travel to see the Leafs because they can't get tickets in their home in their home city. It's not a Winnipeg thing. It happens everywhere. That's just the nature of the beast. Now, do I find it obnoxious beyond words? (laughs) I do. But at the same time, there's no greater feeling than being a, a cheering for the visiting team when they're winning. You know, when we, when I, when I, I mean, many times I've had an opportunity to cheer for Winnipeg based teams, number of bomber games that I, when I lived out East, that I'd go to bomber games in other cities and cheer for the bombers and you're, you know, on an Island or you're, you know, outnumbered significantly. It's a great feeling when you can do that. So, those fans, the, those who cheered for the Leafs, good on them. They enjoyed themselves. It's, I mean, I, I find it ab- abhorrent that you can cheer for Toronto if you don't if you don't have some sort of real close connectivity to them. But so be it. And it's not a Winnipeg thing. It happens in every single one of the markets. So that's just one I wanted to say on that front. While Dave fiddles with his microphone on this, the illegal curve post game show that just a, it's a reality of something that happens all across the board dave i apologize for interrupting you you're muted i can't hear you i think it's fair what you're suggesting drew and i just think that like it creates an atmosphere like let's be realistic i mean when the when the leafs came up uh, on the onto the ice for warm-up 
I mean, the building was buzzing. There was a cheer, an audible cheer. You don't hear that when the, generally speaking, when the opposing team enters the uh, the ice for warm up. So mm-hmm. it was it was actually I'd say a louder cheer for than it was for the Jets because the Jets fans weren't there yet. They were a lot of them were still milling about in the concourse. And uh, yeah, I mean, I think it made for an interesting atmosphere. I mean, I, I from what I was reading again, I would suspect that folks didn't uh, love listening to back to back Sportsnet broadcasts four in a row, if I recall correctly. So don't yeah. worry, folks. Dan Robertson, Kevin Sawyer, they will be back for that Pittsburgh game on. I, th- I believe they're back for that Pittsburgh game on Tuesday, February sixth. Yeah. So uh, you'll get back to the TSN broadcast. A broadcast a little more familiar with people that actually play on the Winnipeg Jets than my, uh sorry, just again I'm interrupting you, but I apologize. My favorite okay. part about the Sportsnet broadcast tonight. Sure. I don't want to get into the broadcast. Look, Chris Cuthbert is the best play by play guy. He's uh, whatever fantastic. you think of whatever you think of Craig Simpson, and I am fine with that. I don't I really I find him I have no real strong feelings about him. Chris Cuthbert is the best in the game. I uh, he's great, Chris Cuthbert is. But I find what I found hilarious is that they shipped uh, Sean Reynolds from Winnipeg, who lives here and covers the mm-hmm. team, mm-hmm. to Ottawa to yeah. cover the yeah. Senators. And I don't even know who the Senators played tonight. It's not important. It yeah. doesn't matter. Uh, they shipped him to to Ottawa to cover that game and brought uh, Kyle Buscakis uh, or whatever the hell his name is. But uh, definitely Bukakis. butchered his name. I know I did. I apologize. They brought him from Toronto to Winnipeg because God forbid he not be next to the Leafs at every opportunity. I'm like, guys, have you looked at a map? It's a lot easier to get from Toronto to Ottawa than it is to get one guy from Toronto to Winnipeg and another guy from Winnipeg to Ottawa. Uh, so I just found that to be sort of a very humorous uh, just aspect of the Sportsnet broadcast. A broadcast, by the way. And this is a, this, this is something that Winnipeg fans can be pissed off about. Sorry, sure. I'm a little fired up. Oof. Is that this wasn't the main game. This wasn't the CBC game. This wasn't the primary game. If the primary game is the CBC game, and it is, they chose to go with Montreal and Pittsburgh, two teams, by the way, who are not in a playoff race or are not in a playoff uh, position at the moment, unless something dramatic has changed over the last little while, and it hasn't. Those th- That was the primary game. They elected to bump Winnipeg and Toronto to the Sportsnet channels rather than keep it on the CBC channels because, of uh, because God forbid, Winnipeg get the, the shine of a nas- or true national broadcast on over-the-air cable rather than you know rather than uh Crosby and Montreal and Pittsburgh playing in Pittsburgh a game that nobody aside from those two teams would give a damn about sorry rant over <laughs> well I mean again it, it it was it was an interesting hockey game and it was an interesting composition of the fan base inside uh Canada life um like I said it, it made for an electric atmosphere so you're not complaining it was a it was a sellout crowd no surprise there uh, I believe that was what it was announced. Yep, so, was. I mean, you're 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 disappointed if you're a Jets fan. You don't like what you're seeing from this team right now. This is a three-game slide, and we discussed it on the show, you know, 12 hours ago, Drew, where, where it was actually was starting in 12 hours, mm-hmm. a few minutes late because we were chit-chatting. But the fact of the matter is that right now, the Jets are not scoring goals. Yep. And the lines aren't really working. I mean, you're getting some chances. Obviously, some guys had some opportunities to put the puck in the net sorry they get i guess they did score two goals in tonight's game it feels like it was only one because that last goal was was so meaningless yeah so i mean it doesn't i mean obviously it counts but i mean it wasn't uh it wasn't of significance but but again this is a team that is struggling right now and the guys the guys that are should be the drivers of this team like forget about the rasmus's kuparis and the morgan barons i mean there were so many so many questionable decisions. Like I think about the, there was a play where Morgan Barron 
dropped the puck to nobody in the, I think it was in the first period. Yeah. And then it set off a chain of events that was like, like watching Keystone cops. Like, you know, then the guys are banging each other into banging into each other in the neutral zone, causing guys to be like the lines to be thrown off. So uh, it just seemed like there wasn't flow, but I'm not looking at Morgan Barron, Dominic Condonato or, um, Rasmus Kupari or Alex Iafalo, all guys who had some chances in tonight's game mm-hmm. as as a problem. I mean, they're part of the problem. We talked about that because you were getting secondary third scoring from these guys. But now Nikolai Ehlers has looked uh, out of sorts. Kyle Connor, and I know he's just coming back from his injury. Mm-hmm. He just doesn't look like he's he's there. You know, I mean, you see some of it. You see some of what you, where you come to expect from Kyle Connor. But there's just not enough. And again, like I said, Gabriel Gabriel Velarde comes back. You know, and these guys all want to play. Nobody wants to sit and miss games. But like he too looked like he was a little out of sync. So I think this entire team, and again, I'm not here to make excuses. Like, I mean, I thought Toronto deserved to take the two points. But I mean, I just think that this team right now looks um out of sync. Yeah. And I think that I think that you know there there really needs to be a reset and see, and we'll see what happens when they come back. I mean, again. It just it reinforces two things to me from our conversation earlier and from watching that game. Number one, why was Mark Shifley important for this hockey team? Because mm-hmm. you've now gone six games without Mark Shifley. I mean, it's no coincidence, right? That you're, you're struggling without your, your top center. Dried up, yeah. But more importantly, also that you are desperately in need of a of a strong two C on this hockey team to really because you know right now you don't have that. And, and because of that lack of depth up the middle, you've got good depth in the wing, but you need depth up the middle. And right now the Jets don't have that. So I, it reinforces again, one game doesn't mean anything. It doesn't establish what you've done for the season. This was game, what, 47 uh, of the year for the Jets. So you're not going to sit there and say, well, it all the 46 preceding games don't count. It's just this one. But when you look at this one and you look at the last few, you're just thinking to yourself, if you have an injury to Mark Shifley and he's missed now six games. You need another center. I'm not saying you're going to get a 1A, 1B type situation, mm-hmm. but you need someone who's going to be able to step up and do more than Vlad Domestikov. Uh, look, folks, I, I I understand the frustration. I get it. Fandom, fanatics, it's all the same word. It all has the same root in it. But if you, at the beginning of the year, had been told that at the All-Star break, the Jets are 30-12-5, and five, you would have been doing somersaults and <laughs> cartwheels down Main Street while wearing a G-string. You just would have. <laughs> I mean, that, that that's the reality of it. So, I look, I am. I get the frustration. I understand where it's coming from. But I do think that there does need to be a degree of perspective. Now, maybe, you know, if it becomes crystallized at Game 47 that the Jets need more from their second-line center role, and it becomes crystal clear for everybody at that point in time, as it does, I think, as it does to us, we would say that that's a, the glaring weakness or one of the glaring areas of concern beyond the power play and the special teams. Again, you're 30, 12, and 5 when you're, when you're realizing that that is what needs to be addressed. It's not like you're, you know, the, the St. Louis Blues or the Seattle Kraken and you're scratching to crawl into a wild card spot. You are firmly in a position of strength. You're firmly in a position where you are one of the best teams in the central division. And you have some holes you have to fill on your roster. But you'd rather know that you have to fill those holes on your roster 
where the Jets are than where a lot of the other teams in the in the Western Conference in the, and and in the league are. Let me ask you. I mean, and again, kudos to the Toronto Maple Leafs. They won three out of four points here. They get the victory tonight. You know, they get that four two. Kudos to them. Would well, Drew, they technically be- Drew. They got four out of four. Pardon me. They got four out of four. Yes, the Jets got one out of four. You're right. Would you rather <laughs> be the Jets or would you rather be the Maple Leafs? The Jets are in, you know, third spot right now in the Central Division, albeit they are still the top team in the Central Division when you look at points percentage, because both Colorado and Dallas have played two more games than the Jets. Or would you rather be the Toronto Maple Leafs, who are in a wild card position? Again, I get the frustration. I get why people are upset. I get the concern about the lack of goal scoring, but that is one without Mark Shifley in the lineup, and two with the Winnipeg Jets still, for the most part, playing a pretty good brand of hockey. That's all I would say to that is just sort of, again, the deep breath, and I get the frustration, but that would be where my deep breath would come from as well. Look, I mean, I think what it comes down to, and obviously the Jets gave up a power play goal in tonight's game, the John Tavares slump buster, if you will. But I mean, the, the fact of the matter is that the Jets' power play has looked completely out of sorts and it's costing them games. I mean, this is another game now where, you know, they got three in a row in that second period. And if you can score on one of those, the building erupts, folks get excited and they get behind the team. So, so that to me is the biggest kind of question mark. Again, I don't know that I'm overly concerned. I think Nikolai Ehlers is going to like, again, we got to remember Nikolai Ehlers was game time decision on a number of games, obviously dealing with an upper body injury that Rick Bonus told us about. Mm-hmm. We know that, again, Gabriel Velarde has missed the last two games. You know that Kyle Connor, sure, he came back. But remember, Kyle Connor came back after five weeks, right? It was originally six to eight weeks for his return. So to me, again, you've got a bunch of guys who are, are clearly still dealing with something. And these aren't your third and fourth liners. These are your upper echelon players. And Cole Perfetti is dealing with a wrist situation. So, I mean, you can say you're making excuses or you again, can say that we're dealing in something called facts. So those are the facts of uh, the Jets' present reality. They'll have 10 days before they go and play the Pittsburgh Penguins in Pennsylvania and the Philadelphia Flyers in Pennsylvania. And before the, and then, of course, return home to face Sidney Crosby. I mean, Sidney Crosby might be on the Jets if Jeff Hamilton's <laughs> prediction comes right. But uh, let me tell you, that's quite the 2C for the Winnipeg Jets. But the fact of the matter is that I think this, like I said, I think this break gives them a physical reset that they need. I think it gives them a mental reset mm-hmm. that they need. And then we'll see. And look, look, I, I, look, I don't buy this idea that, oh, this is who the Jets really are. Folks, I, No, the Jets have played 47 games. They just went through a stretch where they didn't allow more than three goals for 34 straight games. So let's not suddenly pretend that the team that did that against Hello, some very good hockey teams suddenly well, became a very bad hockey team. Again, you can play bad hockey games, yeah. and it doesn't mean you're a bad hockey team. So I just think like that, that you know the the perspective is needed in this. I, and I understand. I understand how frustrating it is, and Jets fans don't like le- losing to the Leafs, and getting swept by the Leafs. But and and sure, I'm, I, I would imagine that adds an element of it. But at the end of the day, yeah. In, in when when we when we recap this season, and we none of us are going to be talking about game forty six and game forty seven on the schedule when the Jets 
got swept by the Toronto Maple Leafs. I, I assure you of that. But we will be focused on much other a bunch, bunch of other things, but it will not be this. So yes, this is our present reality. This is what we Drew and I are doing a show about tonight. Mm-hmm. But I just think that it's, it's important to remember the Jets don't have it going on right now. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the mistakes they made in this hockey game. It doesn't make them all of a sudden. You don't go from being one of the best teams in the NHL and everybody thinks you're the greatest things in sliced bread to suddenly you're one of the worst teams because you've hit three a three-game slide. I would agree with everything you just said, Dave. Let's get into it. It's the Betway Game Recap. We do it after each and every Winnipeg Jets game here on the Illegal Curve post-game show. The Betway Game Recap. Big thanks to our friends at Betway for their support of the Illegal Curve post-game show. If you're looking to make a bet, perhaps you're making a bet tomorrow, or you're interested in making a bet on the NFL Conference Championships, those two games going on tomorrow, Betway would be a great place for you to decide to make that wager. Maybe you like the Lions plus the points. Maybe you're riding the underdog Patrick Mahomes and Kansas City Chiefs. You can hear Hustler somewhere already laying down some bets because of his Chiefs being the underdog head on over to betway and make that bet courtesy of our friends at betway please play responsibly uh, drew game, sorry go ahead before you get started i just out of the coach's uh comments right now rick bonus is saying that brendan dylan tweaks something in his back yeah. and that it doesn't sound like it's very serious and he's expected to practice next sunday when the jets hit the ice for practice sometime in the afternoon i believe it's after two because they had to get special uh, permission by the league to be able to have that per, that practice uh, as per, I think, Scott O'Neill. So uh, good news with respect to that. Second straight game, of course, that the Jets have been without a defenseman going down to five. I think it was... And it's funny because, again, I, I was saying to the guys in the press box, not just guys, obviously, Judy Owen beside me, CP, but yeah. the fact of the matter is I was saying to the folks in the press box, if this was a least player, I suspect we'd have 300 angles of when the injury occurred in this. And I, I, I kept checking and I was like, well, I haven't seen anything. So when I got home for that third period, I quickly, before the um, third period began, I went back and I watched it on PVR and I didn't notice anything that had taken place. So there was that one uh, uh, thing when him and Matthew Nyes had gotten kind of tangled up in the first period in the crease. I don't know if that's what caused it. We weren't certain. Then someone said there was a slash, but it turns out it's a back issue for, for Brendan Dillon, something he tweaked. But again, good news for, for him is that it sounds like it's not a thing serious. Yeah, there you go. So there's the latest update on another Jets injury. It's sort of bizarre. You go two straight games where you have to play five defensemen only for a significant chunk of the games. Maybe it says something about the Jets and their need. As I talked about at the outset of this postgame show, the need to everyone get away. Maybe they're under a bit of a black cloud right now when it comes to the injury bug and a week on a beach. Uh, I guess if you're everyone but Kyle Connor and Connor Hellebuck, uh, a week on a beach will will do them well. And hopefully uh, Hellebuck and uh, Rick Bonus and Kyle Connor all enjoy their time uh, in the uh, in Toronto at the All-Star break. But that, of course, is nothing. We don't have to worry about it for another week until next weekend. And I promise you, we will not be covering that in its entirety because we do not care, as Jeff O'Neill so uh, well articulated on this morning's Illegal Curve Hockey Show, how absolutely nobody cares about the NHL All-Star game, players included. Uh, Jets got off to a good start. This is what you wanted. After you get shut out on uh, Tuesday, on Wednesday night, pardon me, against the Leafs, you want to come out with a good start and get an early goal and prove that Ilya Samsonov is not the uh, Vesna, uh, you know, the, the Vesna, the new Vesna favorite or anything along those lines. 
and Dylan Samberg getting his first of the season. That's his first goal in, I believe they said, 77 games, if I'm not mistaken, Dave M. Dave's nodding in the affirmative. Dylan Samberg opens the scoring for the Jets at the 413 mark of the first period. Um, you know, nothing really that I would describe as pretty. Probably a bit on the weaker side of things, but for Dylan Sandberg, it looks beautiful. It's a shot that gets through, gets shots through, get traffic in front, and that's what there was here, and he beats uh, Ilya uh, Sam- Samsonov, not Samsonov, Samsonov, pardon me, and the Jets have the early one nothing lead four minutes into the game on what was their first shot of the game, Dave. Yeah, no, and and again, it was it was an interesting start to the, to the hockey game because it kind of felt um, somewhat similar to the last game in Toronto. But the Leafs had some good chances to start, and then you get an opportunity. And Dylan Sandberg, who um, you know continues to impress in his in in this you know in his uh, he becomes more and more relied upon in this Jets defense. Uh, he you know takes that shot, Drew, and it's funny. I don't know if they they probably showed it on the on the replay, but as he got to the bench, you could just see him kind of go like this and throw the yeah. monkey off of his back. So he was he was clearly excited to score that goal. You knew that was important for him. And it's funny because I had said, I want to say in the last game or the game before when he picked up, I think it was his 12th assist, I said, you know, he may not score a goal yet this season, but he's certainly contributing in, in all aspects of this, um, in all aspects of the game for the Winnipeg Jets. And, and again, he continues to emerge is such an important piece and you can see why when uh he was what he was the 2017 second rounder mm-hmm. you know they wanted to get him out of uh uh you know the university of minnesota duluth as quickly as possible and of course there's a number of bulldogs on this team but they were uh a lot of desperation from the jets organization to get dylan sandberg signed to a deal because they saw the possibilities in this young man and he continues to uh, show that he's uh, going to be an integral piece of this Jets club for years to come uh, because he's a solid blue liner. And sure, of course, there's some warts to his game. Not many. <laughs> no, I was going to say, but not many. And not he many. continues continues to show more and more maturity. So, yeah. um, And I think I, yeah. there's more offense to his game than, than I think he gets credit for. And I think you're going to see that come. At, you know, this is still only year two really is mm-hmm. as a regular. I mean, there was another couple opportunities in this game where he jumped up. Uh, there was one play, and I don't remember if it was in the first or the second period, where he made a he had a, a really good stick in the Jets zone and he made a good defensive play. And then he sort of joined the rush and he and he and he was aggressive in transition. And it didn't result in in what I would describe as a as a high quality opportunity. But you can see that the offensive instincts are beginning to percolate for him. And he's beginning to think a little bit more on that side of the game in addition to the defensive side, which has been so solid really since he, he's become an NHL regular. You're going to see over the next few years. Look, he's never going to be – don't, don't get me wrong there. But you're going to see there's more offensive upside that's underneath that surface for Dylan Sandberg, I believe. Yeah, I think so too. I'm I'm a little surprised actually that uh, there were no assists hang- handed out for that one because I didn't think that the uh, Leafs player had possession of that puck. I mean, it may have glanced off of him, but nothing to suggest that he had possession of the of the puck and and to remove the assists uh, for Cole Perfetti. Um, mm-hmm. But but regardless, the NHL didn't see it as such, and so they they've kept it unassisted unless your your uh, your uh, score sheet says otherwise. But right now, it's, have it, it is looks- unassisted. Yeah, and 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 quite honestly, watching it in in real time, I thought it was a chance that it was um, redirected by Vlad Nemestikov, who went right to take away the eyes of 
Samsonov, as you say, Drew, but ultimately the Jets get off to that good start. Dylan Sandberg, you know, gets the monkey off his back and the crowd is into it because I had, you know, we were sitting there and watching and you're like, if Toronto gets off to a good start, that's not a good situation for Winnipeg because of the way things have been going a little bit of late. And also because I'm not going to say half the crowd, but a significant number of folks in that, in the attendance are going to lose their minds if Toronto scores early. So you, you wanted the Jets, if you're a Jets fan, to get that sort of good start. And they did as a result of the, of the shot. And it just goes to show you, it doesn't have to be the prettiest shot on net yeah. because, you know, four minutes and 13 seconds into that first, it's a one nothing lead for the Winnipeg Jets. It, it is. And the Jets really had multiple opportunities to expand that lead, especially in that first period. Adam Lowry, I believe, came in and had uh, you he had know, two. He had two opportunities. One of them was on a two on one, I believe. And one of them was yeah. on a breakaway or, a, you know, at least a good rush. And, and Ilya Samsonov uh, made the saves and credit to him. You know, this is obviously a streaky goaltender. You can't rely on him. I mean, the Leafs, if, they, if they're relying on him to win you a playoff series, are as foolish as I think they are. But, you know, when he gets hot, he can make some decent saves. There wasn't It wasn't that long ago that he was really, a, you know, a stalwart in net, particularly in his time for the with the New York Islanders. Mm-hmm. And he, for the last, you know, the Jets are, are running into him, unfortunately, uh, for the Jets at, at, at a good time where he's in the zone and he's playing some good hockey. And he, he was playing good hockey for the Leafs tonight, and that's why it was a one nothing game only. And that's why when Ryan Reeves scored with 49 seconds to go in the first period to tie the game up at one, that goal really not only did it tie it up, but it really sort of uh, cemented the, the saves that Samsonov made earlier in that period to keep it at the one-goal lead. And look, Ryan Reeves is his first game in forever. It's still... What probably one of the worst contracts in the league. It's a horrible, horrible contract, but that was a nice tip by Ryan Reeves and who always seems to play well against his hometown Winnipeg Jets. There's no doubt about it. I mean, look, that that's one of those plays that, I mean, I, I kind of expected folks in Toronto to lose their minds and, and have heads explode. And I was thinking, would they rather be right or would they rather see the Leafs, you know, a guy like Ryan Reeves score? Because, you know, not a lot of folks wanted him to be in the lineup, of course. And so you're wondering, is is that going to be a um, kind of the, the how is it going to go for him? How is it going right. to be, what's how is it going to set up? And, you know, this is a play where I thought the Jets had, they were starting to look a little bit casual, right? They were, had had the ability to get that puck out. Well, and it starts did. with the com- miscommunication between uh, Hellebuck and Morrissey. And Hellebuck, right. is, you know, I think Morrissey's in a fine position where he doesn't need Connor Hellebuck to, to play that come puck. and play the puck in this case. Yeah. But he does, and there needed to be better communication between 44 and 37 for the Jets on this one. Morrissey needs to be informing Hellebuck what his intentions are, or Hellebuck has to be even more decisive and make it clear what his intentions are. Instead, the Jets get caught in this sort of no-man's land, and that's really where the Keystone Cops and the trouble begins for the Winnipeg Jets on this. If Morrissey plays it and Hellebuck backs off, then I think the Jets are in a fine position. I don't see this as a dangerous opportunity. It's that they caught they got caught in the middle there. And that's, you know, it's amazing how you can, you, you know, when you watch as much hockey as, as we do and as all the folks in the chat do and as everybody does, you know that those sort of mi- minor mistakes always end up one way or another, end up 
and then end up biting you in the behind. And the Jets definitely got uh, nibbled on the butt uh, as a result of this miscommunication, Dave. Yeah, and, and I think that's part and parcel of what we've been talking about, how this team just isn't right now on the same page. And yeah. that that's just a, a telegraphed example, I think, um, to speak to a mode of communication from your era, Drew, Thank where you, there was an opportunity for the Jets to just, I mean, you're under a minute to go in the opening period. You have a one nothing lead. Mm-hmm. And and yet, you know, your your miscommunication there results in a goal against. So um, and it gives a huge boost and it's a huge boost to the team because, you know, despite what all the folks who are poo pooing Ryan Reeves. Fact is, his teammates seem to love him, and I think the teammates. Look, no, no, I, I'm just saying. I, I'm just saying. Like, I don't really care. I don't need to go into like we're, this. Yeah. Isn't Leafs lunch, as Spencey would say. So I'm not super concerned about the Leafs. Um, but I mean, at the same time, this is a situation where you get a guy. He's been out for I think six weeks. Obviously, he was on IR, but he was on I, like kind of like David Gustafson on IR now at this point, yeah. where he was left on IR, but he really wasn't on IR. His next Eventually, stop is Rep is Robida Island, where he yeah. never see from him again. Right. Well, except for the fact that he's got two more years on his deal, but, wow. but, but after this one, but the fact of the matter is that he gets into the lineup first game hometown and uh, scores a big goal. So, I mean, it's, it's unfortunate for Winnipeg because really what it ends up doing is it changes, changes the way the game kind of was mo- from a momentum perspective, right? Because even though Toronto had quite a bit in that first period, you were able to, all, you think sneak in with a one, nothing lead. Almost a two-one lead the other way in that last minute, and I know you're wow. going to get into it, yeah. but that that was a big goal for Ryan Reeves, and it was a big goal for the Leafs. Obviously, it was a big goal, and then it almost became real bad for the Winnipeg Jets as they scored, and it was Tyler Bertuzzi scored uh, a disallowed goal mm-hmm. uh, with 20 seconds to go in the first period. There was a net front presence, and it was ruled uh, that. Uh, that the goal by Reeve, by Bertuzzi would not count because uh, the re- officials determined that uh, William Nylander, I think it was Nylander if I'm not mistaken, interfered with Connor Hellebuck. That was the ruling on the ice. And they went to video review because Sheldon Keefe challenged the play. And, I mean, look, I honestly don't know. I, I thought that... I- had they called it a goal on the ice and the Jets challenged it, I suspect it would have stayed a goal. But because they ruled it no goal, that's why there wasn't enough visual evidence to overturn it. But if you can tell me what a goal is, much like a what's a catch in the NFL sometimes, I have no clue. And this is another one of those instances where I have no clue. And I, you know, I've seen people on uh, social media opine why it should have been a goal, and I see other people opine why it shouldn't be, why, why, uh, why it should be a goal, and why it shouldn't be a goal. And I, I don't know. I mean, nobody knows. Nobody knows what's a suspension. Nobody knows what's a goal. Nobody knows what goaltender interference is. Nobody knows what a penalty is. Apparently, if you break your own stick five seconds after you've been slashed, that counts as a penalty against the originating slasher. We'll get to that in the third period. But I have no idea. The refs made a call. They stuck with the call on the ice. I don't particularly have a problem with the decision. At least, you know, if you're going to overturn it, it should be a no doubt about it. Uh, you know, probably was a bit of a chintzy call to begin with, maybe, but so be it. I mean, the NHL, that's just the way uh, the roulette wheel spins. And as a result, the Jets really get away with it. Because if the Jets had been down 2-1 after 20 minutes, 
you know, giving up two goals in the final 39 seconds of the of the first period, it would have been real disaster city for the Jets. Instead, it, it's 1-1 uh, after 20 minutes, Dave. There we go. I was trying to stall so I could get Parker Ford's uh, goal to make it 5-3 for the Manitoba Moose. So the Moose Nation, they're 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 currently rolling right now in 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 Rockford. Thanks yeah, for that lo- that long had, soliloquy. Late, they've had late. They've had late leaves. Late. Uh, oh, that's late, true. Late yes. leads lately. Whoop, yeah, that they've managed to blow. So we'll see if they hopefully. They, a, they but it's not a three goal lead. Tonight. They like they only like to blow blow three goal leads. This is not a three goal lead. It's only a two oh, goal lead. Okay. So we'll see if they can uh, hang on to that. But look, here here's the reality. The reality is this, Drew. You watched that play. It was sloppy. Again, it was slow. I, yeah. Like I was, I, I remember before they scored, I'm like, what is Ehlers doing? He just looks like he's in no man's land right now. He doesn't look like he's engaged. And because of that, Toronto, able again, you're, I understand that you're, you're a little bit on your heels because Toronto's now just scored the goal. The crowd, you know, your home crowd is, is into it. But at the same time, like the Jets just didn't have a good answer shift for after giving up a, the, the game time goal. Right. And so for you to, to have that, and, and honestly, like watching the, the play live and I really was, I I'm with you. I'm not sure what we, if we'll ever know what um, goalie interference is, whether you can accurately call it because it wasn't a goal on the ice. I thought they might keep, you know, keep it as a no goal. Um, and and I, I could see Hellebuck. I mean, folks say that, you know, um, DeMello pushed Nylander into Hellebuck, but Nylander was already in the crease. He'd already made contact. And so, yeah, I mean, it was like, would I have been surprised if they overturned it and overruled themselves and called it a good goal? No, not really. But I wasn't terribly surprised that they upheld it and that they, you know, the Jets got a power play out of it. And you thought, again, what a change in fortune. What an opportunity for the Jets to jump upon. You know, you've got a one-all game. Could have very easily been 2-1 to close out that second period. And instead, it's one-all, uh, sorry, first period. But now it's one-all again. And, oh, wait, you've got a power play because of the right. failed challenge. So so here's a huge opportunity for the Jets. And, and of course, that's going to be the theme we'll talk about in the second period. It's called missed opportunities in the middle frame. Yeah, book opportunities in the middle frame. You can trademark that one. Three power play opportunities for the Jets. Obviously, the delay of game one that we just talked about, which starts in the starts in the first period and carries over to start the second. And then the Nick Robertson hooking penalty and the Timothy Liljegren high sticking penalty all come in the second period, similar to Wednesday night in Toronto. And the Jets do absolutely nothing with those opportunities. It's true. Sorry to interrupt you, but I have to say, like, and again, I, I had the benefit of being in the building, so I didn't have to listen to the broadcast, but I will say I did note when I came and watched the third period at home that they were talking about how they were carrying it over. They were like, well, the Leafs had five power plays in a row and now the Jets have had five in a row. And I'm thinking to myself, are you going back to the last game and talking about the two power plays that the Jets had That's to end man- the game? That's next the- level game management. By yeah, the I, w- I couldn't believe that. I was like, wait a second. Are you actually somehow making that comparison and saying that five in a row is the same in is the same as five in a row over two games? That was that was very unusual thinking. I, I was a little bit confused as to where the where the thought process was in that. But sorry, Drew, I didn't mean to. I digress. You're fine. It's a fair point you make. I mean, I have no. That was that's pretty funny. You're right. It's like guys, you, you got to find something else to talk about if that's, if that's <laughs> what you're talking about right now. Uh, but the Jets don't capitalize. I mean, the mm-hmm. opportunity is there. You know, if the Jets score after Toronto's failed challenge, I think about how the tenor of the game changes right. as a result of that. I mean. 
the opportunity is sitting there and it's begging for a power play goal and the Jets just have nothing. It's just mm-hmm. so disconnected and it's so uh, pointless almost would be how I would describe it. It's just there, there's no fluidity to it. There's no structure. There's no there's no strategy. Like You know, if you're saying the. Think about to the Washington Capitals when they were at their best, when Alex Ovechkin could still score goals in the NHL. You know, there was an approach to their power play, and it was setting him up to do damage. What is the Jets? What are the Jets trying to do on the power play? What is the opportunity after opportunity approach? Because I have no idea what it is. What are the opponents trying to take away? What are the Jets trying to set up? Uh, that they're that you know, and, and I don't have the answer to it, and I think that speaks volumes to how problematic the Jets' power play continues to be because it's just a scattershot approach of, well, we'll maybe get the gain the zone, and then we'll maybe get a shot through, but we're not really sure what we're trying to do. And the best power plays have a targeted approach and clear cut strategy to them, and the Jets definitely don't have that. Well, Drew, it was funny because I tweeted out during the, 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 I think it was after the third power play in a row for Winnipeg in the second. I said, you're obviously not paying attention if you think that this is an advantage to the Jets. This is actually a disadvantage because generally speaking, not tonight, their five on five play is much better than their with the man advantage. So I was saying for all the conspiracy theorists who think that the Jets, the, this is the refs evening up, you know, because of course they had Jets, uh, uh, Drew had two power plays in the last game, the last two, then they had three in a row this game. So that's five in a row. Yeah. I'm just kidding. But anyway, so the point the point is that uh that it, it really what it continues to be a disadvantage for this Jets team. I'm sorry, they call it the man advantage, but this is the man disadvantage for Winnipeg because they're not connected. And you can say that you're missing Mark Shifley, and you are, and of course he's the I would say probably most talented offensive player on this team. Yeah. And and surely he's you know gonna be a, we we know how significant he can be on the power play. But uh, this is this again. This is you've got Nikola Ehlers, Kyle Connor, Gabriel mm-hmm. Velarde, Cole Perfetti. I mean, they don't have. I, I do really wonder if Neil Pionk might be better suited to being the quarterback than over Josh Morrissey. But I mean, right now, it just it, it's just not working the way it yeah. needs to work. And so, uh, th- and, it, and like I said, it's one thing when the Jets are winning. And you're like, well, they're winning despite the fact that they don't have great um, special teams. And then the PK starts to get on track. And you're like, okay, well, the, the PK is now 20th in the NHL from being 27th. That's that's a significant jump, actually. Yeah. But, you know, the power play has literally been mired at 23rd overall. I'm since... surprised it's that hard. I'm surprised it's that high, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not, I don't disagree. But, I mean, ultimately, it's still 23rd overall. And you're just like, but it's not changing, right? It's been, I mean, that just goes to show you there's other terrible teams on the power play. Yeah. But at the same time, like you can't just say, and that's the question I would have for Rick bonus. Are you happy with the configuration? Are you happy with like, is it just a function of like, you could say, well, you know, Kyle Connor doesn't have his timing yet. Nikolai Ehlers is slightly off because he's dealing with something. Um, Gabriel Velarde's lower body injury is throwing him off and Cole Perfetti's wrist isn't great. Or are you, but are you satisfied with the way their structure is? Is this structure sufficient for you that if the personnel was slightly better or slightly healthier, you would be satisfied with it? 
that to me is a question that should be posed. Maybe we will pose it to the head coach of the Winnipeg Jets uh, next week. I wonder but, if Philly Hanela becomes an option. I mean, well, I he scored. He's, he did. He did score tonight. Uh, a nice little slapper. I wonder if he's sort of your, you know, part of your post All Star break internal promotion. You know, we know he was going to make this team. You, yeah. You know, has he had enough minutes at at the at the uh, at the AHL level where he's got his timing back? I mean, I don't know the answer to that, but I I, I do wonder that you know, uh, you know, if if he gets an opportunity, not necessarily stepping in immediately on the first power play unit, but does he get an opportunity? to rejoin the Winnipeg Jets sometime in the second half of the season. That's something I think I'm well, going to be keeping I, an eye on. I, w- I mean, again, I would suspect that, yes, the answer is once the roster limit is removed, then you don't have sure. to worry about that after March, what is that, March 7th? March 8th, March 8th, March 8th. Post, uh, post-trade deadline. Sure. So once that's no longer a factor, yeah, yeah. I think, you know, and they, l- let's be realistic. Villahino has played uh, the game in Laval, the four games at home. So this is his sixth game now tonight uh, right. in Rockford. He hasn't played a ton of hockey, right? right? He's played six games in this season because, of course, the ankle injury that took him out in the final pre- um, exhibition game, I think that was September 29th. So he's only played six games. And, and ultimately, I think you're not wrong, Drew. I think what's going to happen, though, is we'll see what happens when they come back. When they come back, we'll see who's healed up. We'll see how they're... You know, they're going to have tough games in Philly, tough games in Pittsburgh, two teams that are fighting for playoff spots. So you're, you're hoping that the, 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 you'll, you'll see what this Jets team is configured, how it's configured. I don't think you're going to bring up Billy Hinole yet at that point. I think you'll continue to keep him with the Moose. The Moose, for, like I said, on a long stretch uh, away from uh, Winnipeg, they've got four, I think it's either, either playing four now, and then they have the all-star break, which is February 4th in the AHL. Or it's five, and then they have they go back. I think it's five now. AHL yeah. All Star break, and then they have four. It's weird. I think they play like two in Milwaukee, and then they play two in Calgary. So it's kind of an unusual sort of um, um, travel schedule for Manitoba. But I think that you give Villahinola a good run uh, in February, and then maybe bring him back up for. I mean, unless obviously there's an injury. Right, of course. That's always the the caveat on everything, and it seems like uh, the injury bug has certainly been biting the Winnipeg Jets as of late. So there's some some food for thought there. One one after 40 minutes, and then the Toronto Maple Leafs get a power play goal. The Jets hadn't been able to capitalize on their opportunities, but the Leafs on the power play early in the third period with Dylan DeMello in the box for tripping. It takes the Toronto Maple Leafs 35 seconds. John Tavares, we were talking about him this morning on the Illegal Curve Hockey Show. He gets that monkey off his back, finally getting a goal, getting on the score sheet for the first time in his longest slump since he was a rookie with the New York Islanders. He gets his 13th, a very nice tip of a Morgan Riley shot. Mitch Marner also getting an assist on this one, and it it's 2-1 Toronto early in the second, early part of me in the third period, Dave. Yeah. And, and again, we've talked about the moose, the moose, the Jets PK and how it's been much better of late, but mm-hmm. this is just, you know, John Tavares having body position, being in the right spot and Morgan Riley getting that shot off quick. I mean, it's kind of what the Jets, you know, he moves, moves, walks the line, but he didn't have the puck long and he oh. kind of makes it look, and look, they've got a lot of, weapons right you've got Nylander you've got Matthews you've got a weapon so many weapons Marner, in Toronto Wiley, you got, you know, there's plenty there's plenty of weapons no question right. about it so so the fact of the matter is that you've got an opportunity to you know for the for the Jets they're sitting there and they got to look 
you got Matthews right over there. You got to be thinking about him. And again, you're probably somewhat cognizant of the fact that Tavares has been ice cold, but there's a reason why he's, you know, uh, a, a fairly solid. And we, it's ironic. We talked to Jeff O'Neill about his slump. So maybe whoever asked that question about uh, of, Je- of Jeff O'Neill this morning, Drew, helped break John Tavares, um, <laughs> you know, slump right now. Yeah. But it was a slump buster, and it was important for him and got him. And I, I think, again, I think these teams all care about each other, right? These guys all care about this, their their fellow player. So when a guy like Ryan Reeves, who's had obviously a very tough season, scores a goal, that pumps up his teammates. When yeah. a guy like John Tavares, who's your captain, is going through the stretch that he's going through, and he gets a power play goal, I mean, sure, it's not five on five, but who cares, right? Doesn't it's matter. the goal. It's the goal you need to, and, it, and, and more importantly, it's the go-ahead goal. Now it doesn't end up being the game winning goal, but it's the go ahead goal for the Leafs. And, you know, it, it takes the, I would say normally it would take the air out of the building, but of course there were a number of people who were excited in the building that the Leafs took the lead uh, two to one, but they, they did what the Jets couldn't do. The right. Jets couldn't take advantage of their power play opportunities. The Leafs were able to. And the Jets had another power play opportunity where they couldn't do anything with Matthew Nyes in the box with hooking. This is with eight minutes to go, a little less than eight minutes to go in the game prime opportunity to get a power play goal to tie a contest instead what happens the jets can't do it and then nino niederreiter uh takes what to me is just a frustration penalty that's mm-hmm. all that is is he's just frustrated he's bothered by the jets lack of being able to get any goal scoring and look uh, obviously you don't want to take a penalty in that play because the penalty comes uh you know with you know the jets in a in a good opportunity um but you know with, you know right around it's an offensive zone penalty but it's just a matter of he's just frustrated and he, he gets a good quality uh cross check in and he goes and sits in the box for two minutes okay the jets are shorthanded on this one uh and again then this this isn't going to get talked about enough, but to anybody watching, it like again, we were never privy when an official gets graded how their grades are going to be. And I don't like complaining about the officials. This is just embarrassing for a professional league that considers itself to be one of the big four uh, newsflash folks. It ain't, but <laughs> you know, it considers itself to be one of the big four uh, leagues, professional sports leagues in North America. For this to happen for the officials to be able to to get away. So what I'm talking about is Dylan Sandberg gets a good hack in on John Tavares on his stick. Mm -hmm. No arm goes up. Play continues. Mm -hmm. Tavares then, and it's not, you know, immediately after. It's a good solid one Mississippi, two Mississippi, three Mississippi, then breaks the stick. And that's when the official calls the penalty for the slashing that happened three seconds earlier. And I know three seconds doesn't sound like a lengthy period of time. It doesn't sound like a long stretch of time. But when you watch the video of this, it's an embarrassment. It's simply an embarrassment. John, these sticks, these composite sticks, you lean on them hard enough, any player can snap one. It's Mm -hmm. not that difficult to snap one. Did Samberg's slash break Tavares' stick? Probably. Then make the original call. You can't wait till Tavares then leans on the stick and breaks it himself and then decide that it's a penalty. That's just embarrassing officiating. It's just embarrassing. It's, you know, calling pass interference after 
the video review, you you got you think the guy uh you know catches the ball, then you realize five seconds later that no, he didn't catch the ball, and then you call pass interference on the play. Is it's this a legal not, procedure or a legal curve? It's not the sequence of events that can be if you want to be considered anything other than a garage league. And the garage league is our buddy Mike Harrington of the Buffalo News calls the NHL, mainly the management of the league and the management of the game, a garage mm-hmm. league. And it's not a compliment, folks. That is horrendous. Look, Tim Peel got fired for being caught on a hot mic. Mm-hmm. And he wasn't a very good official. I don't even know who the official in this instance was. I mean, the officials in tonight's game were Pierre Lambert and, and and Cody Beach. I don't know who either of them are. I don't know who made the call on that play. But if if you're watching that on video review, if the mm-hmm. officials are watching that and saying, how did I do in tonight's game? Well, that was not a shining example of stellar officiating. Just not. Either it's a penalty when it happened or it's not. You can't wait for the player then to inflict damage on his own stick to call the penalty at that point in time. You just can't. Nonetheless, it results in a five-on-three opportunity for the Toronto Maple Leafs, at which Austin Matthews gets his 40th goal of the season. Which is pretty freaking ridiculous. It's an incredible number. 600th NHL point. I can't stand it. He's a fantastic hockey player, but the fact that it happened tonight... Eh. Crawls nah, up my skin. Let me tell you, great every, hockey player. You can't. I mean, that's you just got to admire. You know, I don't, it. I, you're right. I shouldn't. I don't blame Matthews. It's the. It's all the Leafs fans in the crowd that drive me nuts. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and I should be a better. I should be a bigger man. But sometimes I'm a small, petty human being, and that would be one of those instances. We all have our shortcomings in life. We all have our foibles. We all have our uh, deficiencies. Uh, mine isn't only the ability to grow hair. It's also that sometimes I'm a vindictive little man. Yeah, look, I mean, it, it's it's a five on three, and and they get the puck to Matthews, and his one timer is ridiculous, and uh, he puts it into the back of the net. It's a three one game. That's essentially the end of the hockey game at that point. I mean, obviously, yeah. we know there's some more scoring that goes on, but for the, I mean, again, the the Jets. That's a hard one. With as I already illustrated, who is on the power player, who's available for the power play. For the Leafs, and and be real. Let's be aware that this Leafs power play was in the doghouse with Sheldon Keefe, and was sat, I believe, uh, in the last game against the Jets. And they kind of had, you know, a little bit of a warning from their head coach uh, based on how they had been playing of late. So, um, it, you know, Mar- Mitch Marner, I didn't think had a particularly impactful hockey game. Uh, William Nylander. Uh, as well, I didn't think was super noticeable. He had, good score. he had that good shorthanded opportunity where Connor Hellebuck made the yeah, uh, the poke check. Nice save. Yeah, yeah, poke check he made that nice check. sort of uh, yeah. breakaway where. What about the starfish? What about the starfish save by by? And and that's the other thing. Look, the Jets yeah. had some chances, right? Josh Morrissey, one I'm thinking about, where Samsonov was down, and and Morrissey rings it off the post. I mean, both teams had chances where. You know, they could have put a puck into the empty net or into an empty net because the goaltenders were down and out. So there were there were opportunities. But ultimately, at the end of the day, like I said, they they the Leafs, I thought, had the better of the of the they played the better game. They mm-hmm. took advantage of their special teams. They killed the penalties when they took penalties. Yeah. So they did what the Jets couldn't do. And so you credit you credit Toronto for for a, a well played game. Yeah. I, I like I said, to me, if I had to come up with one word. 
uh, to sum up this team right now, it's disconnected. And uh, like I said, maybe as how you open the show, Drew, it's time for the entire team to disconnect from the matrix, take a week off, not think about hockey and then uh, be back for practice next Sunday. And then they can all plug back in and reconnect blow in the proverbial Nintendo cartridge when you had to get it to start working again. If you remember back in the day to get the your Nintendo game back up and running uh, before we go to break, cause Adam Lowry had some interesting post game comments that we'll bring to you. I do want to say, of course, that the Austin Matthews shot, which came on the five on three and which mm-hmm. no human being in the world should try and get in the way of because it was that strong of a shot was our Seagram shot of the game. The Seagram shot of the game. Big thanks to our friends at Seagram's. They make delicious fireball, which if you're drinking that tonight, I don't think anybody would blame you whatsoever. Disappointing results for the Winnipeg Jets, but Seagram's is never going to disappoint you with their fine array of liquor products available at all liquor stores and wherever you get your hands on alcohol. Big thanks to our friends at Seagram's for their continued support of the Illegal Curve post-game show. Uh, Simon Benoit into an empty net for the Leafs and then Mason Appleton with 12 seconds to go assist to Aya Fallow and Josh Morrissey for a little bit of window dressing in tonight's game, but ultimately a disappointing result for the Winnipeg Jets on home ice. They lose four to two to the Toronto Maple Leafs. When we come back on the Illegal Curve post-game show, Adam Lowry with some interesting post-game comments about the need to sort of reset and refresh and go away for 10 days or so. It's really closer to a week. Dave M with the Manuk Moose Minute. The Moose have won, folks. The the streak is is over. over. Long live the Moose. Much more to come (laughs) before we go away for one week time as well. So don't go anywhere. It's the Illegal Curve postgame show. It rolls on on this Saturday night. Your coworkers love you because you always make them laugh. You're the life of the party with stories that have them rolling on the floor. Or maybe you're just the quiet one in the corner with the one-liners that just slay. Do you have what it takes to become Winnipeg's funniest person with a day job? Try your luck. Hit the stage at Rumors Comedy Club and you could be walking away with $1,000 cash. Winnipeg's funniest person with a day job. Presented by Rumors. For all the details, head to RumorsComedyClub.com. You guys ever wish for a game changer in life? Like finding out your favorite snack has zero calories? Or discovering the mute button on Ezzy? Picture this, a secret weapon for parking, where you can book a spot a whole month in advance. Tell me more, Drew. Pre-book your parking at really low rates, or maybe even for free, if you use the code Illegal Curve. Free? What is this, sorcery? The Grid Park app. It's a real secret weapon that has affordable game day parking and to sweeten the deal even more. I love sweets. Our listeners can use the code illegal curve to park for free. Holy Zamboni. Tell me about it. Just download Grid Park, G-R-Y-D Park, and use the code illegal curve, all one word, to park for free. The game can change Ah! just like that. Accidents happen when you aren't protected. So now what? Getting to your injury quickly can make all the difference. Help prevent them from being game changers with Linden Market Dental Center. 
bonding, crowns, bridges, and dental implants. State-of-the-art treatments are available to help you get back in the game. To learn more, visit LindenMarketDentalCenter.com. Creating smiles for life. This January at Boston Pizza, every day is Pasta Tuesday. That means BP's famous pastas start at just $11.99 every single day. Create your own or go gourmet for just a few bucks more. Come on in for Pasta Tuesday pricing any day. Only this January at Boston Pizza. Whoa, Ezzy, everything okay? You look stressed. Of course I'm stressed. We're moving, the house is upside down, the kids failed miserably at packing the fine china, and my life is in chaos. Chaos! Yes, that does sound like a problem. What am I going to do? Ezzy, relax. Rolly's Transfer Moving and Storage is the answer. With 60 years of experience in moving Manitobans and a track record of exemplary customer service, one call to Rolly's and your stress is gone. No job is too big or too small. Just visit rollies.com and they will take it from there. Thanks, Dave. And thank you, Rolly's Transfer Moving and Storage, online at rollies.com. For three generations and over 80 years, Tough Duck has been making apparel that works and plays as hard as the people who wear it. From jackets to work boots and everything in between, Tough Duck's clothing can handle the harshest environments, even the illegal curve hockey show. Work to live, live to play. Visit toughduck.com. 10 minutes before 10 o'clock. Welcome back to the Illegal Curve post-game show. Drew Mandel, Dave Manouk here talking about the Jets' defeat at the hands of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Of course, the Jets now off for 10 days. Next in action, a week from Tuesday in Pittsburgh, where they'll face the Penguins. Next Saturday, one week from today, the Illegal Curve Hockey Show. 15 years of Illegal Curve that is what's going to be celebrated next Saturday morning. Hard to believe it's been that long. So be sure to join us at 9 a.m. on Saturday for the Illegal Curve Hockey Show. I mentioned Adam Lowry's postgame comments. This courtesy of our friend Murata Tesh of The Athletic. Uh, this is what the Jets captain had to say. You know what? I think the best thing is a little mental reset. I think this is kind of one of the first blocks of adversity we've faced this year. Certainly, you can let some frustration creep in. I think being able to get away from the game, analyze where we're at, where we've been, what we've been doing well in some of these games, and what can we can improve upon, then come back energized again. I think that's the great thing that I pressed the button too quick. I think that's the great thing that this break comes at this time. I think we all know over the last couple of weeks that we can play better. There, there's been games where we haven't been as sharp as we want to be, and it's important that we keep striving. We keep trying to push ahead, and we keep trying to get better. Enjoy these few days, kind of get that mental reset, so that when we come back, we really get ready for that stretch run. It's going to be a busy couple months of hockey. We're really excited for it. We've got a great group. That's the Jets uh, captain, Adam Lowry, speaking out mm-hmm. tonight's game. I don't disagree with a lot that he said. I do think that, of course, also a return to health would certainly go a long way for the Winnipeg Jets, Dave. Yeah, and I, I really hope this is the real Cujo in our chat, but I'm not oh, sure. If... I already checked. I already asked him before. <laughs> okay, well, I would imagine it wasn't really the real Cujo, but regardless yeah. of whether it is or isn't, uh, we appreciate you being. We appreciate all of you joining us each and ever, each and every time we do this show. And of course, you spent your Saturday morning with us and Saturday night with us, and 
you'll be spending it with me because there's a lot of moose games coming up. So uh, yes, I'll, we'll get to the moose in a second, but you're right, Drew. There's no question about it that this team, as we said, needs to uh, reconfigure some things. Like I said, work on their power play. Uh, that's on the coaching staff. Instill that win. And that's part of the thing. Like, I don't want to say this team took off too many practices, but they really did do a lot of like, they canceled practice here. They canceled that. This is the opportunity, I think, to, uh, especially because we've talked about it. March is going to be a hell show, right? Yeah. You've got 16 games in 29 days, whatever it is. So, so you know that if you have some practice time in February and you need to take advantage of it. So um, the Jets definitely and desperately need to, whether it's staying at home and having staycations, uh, that's what they could do or get away, get some sun, whatever it is, they need that time to reset. And so resets the word that they're using. I would agree with it. That's what we've kind of said from the outset of this program. Um, it's just what it's, it's, it's clearly obvious. Like I said, 47 games in, I think you said it very well, Drew. The fact of the matter is that if you would have told people and Jeff O'Neill asked us, you know, what we our anticipations were. And look, I, I, I will say that I think you and I were on the same page. We expected the Jets to be a playoff team. We didn't expect the Jets to be a playoff team battling with Colorado and Dallas for the top. I mean, I, I think I, I maybe I said they were going to be a second place team, but I don't know that I anticipated them being challenging for first. So the Jets are um, uh, still a very good hockey team. They, they have some kinks. They have some things that they need to work out. There's some pieces that they'll need to add if they want to be an over the top team, I think. But uh, this is, team is going to get a chance to reset. And uh, that's not a bad thing. I would agree with that. Let's do the Manuk Moose Minute on this Saturday night. Put on your antlers. It's time for the Manuk Moose Minute on the Illegal Curve Hockey Show. Well, when one team in Winnipeg starts to slide, then the other decides to arrest their slide because the Moose put an end to the 11 0 11 game losing streak, 0, 10, and 1. They finally got things done. They are on a long, as I just detailed, five game road trip. Then it'll become an all star break. So they'll, they'll get some time to reset. Brad Lambert, of course, the 2022 uh, first rounder of the Winnipeg Jets, he's heading to the all star game, which I believe is in San Jose. Um, so they'll be going there. And uh, then they'll come back and they'll have four games on the road. And then when they're back in Winnipeg, probably on an extended uh, visit for the uh, in Canada life. We'll have tickets, of course, to those games and we'll get you some of those tickets. Um, by the way, shout out to Josh Mertens, I want to say, from Michigan. He was uh, flew to Winnipeg. This is some uh, yeah. this is a diehard, follows us, watches the show, and uh, he and one of his buddies flew, and I, his buddy, I think, is like Wyatt Bon Giovanni's uncle or something like that. So kind of a funny moose connection. Uh, but he is a, uh, they flew from Michigan, to tr they drove to Toronto, I think, and then flew from Toronto to Winnipeg. His first time in Winnipeg said he messaged me during the game, said he was having a fantastic time. His buddy chose to wear a Red Wings jersey to the game. So I said, <laughs> I said, uh, you're probably going to end up on lost fans, uh, during the second period. He wasn't, in fact, it was a Montreal fan and a Bruins fan who wore a Habs jersey and a Bruins jersey to the game. Um, but it was, and they were both heartily booed, not a surprise there. Uh, but anyways, getting to the Moose, uh, they were in desperate need of uh, a victory against the Ice Hogs, and uh, that's exactly what they did. Simon Lundmark, 2019, second rounder, the right shot defenseman. He started things off. He got his first goal of the season. He's more of a Dylan DeMello type. He's not known for his offense. He's kind of a steady guy. And then Ville Hainola, 
Uh, Brad Lambert fed him the puck. He took a nice little slap shot. All these goals are detailed on the uh, on my account, IC Dave, and we'll have them on the uh, in tomorrow's papers uh, at seven o'clock in the morning. Check note two. That's all the Moose stuff. That is where it will be. So the Moose uh, get a couple goals from those from their 2019 draft class, and then Jeffrey VL he scores. I believe it was his sixth goal of the season to make it. Uh, it was a three-two game. Christian Reichel scored a beauty. That was his seventh goal to make it four-two. And then uh, Rockford made it a 4-3 game before Parker Ford. He scored his eighth of the season. He, of course, is the the prospect the Jets draft uh, signed, sorry, out of college. So he made it 5-3, and that is the way this game would end. The Moose start off their road trip with a big win. Now they'll go into Chicago and uh, have to replicate that because Moose are at a point where they cannot afford to be giving games away and to be giving points away. So uh, it was an important victory against the divisional rival. And like I said, they had nine straight against the division. They didn't do so well in Winnipeg. They still have, I think, like this next five, this next stretch of five games against the division. Then, of course, two more uh, after against Milwaukee. So they've got some good opportunities to make some up some ground. They're not completely out of it because Rockford is the team that they are chasing, but they are still nine back of Rockford. So, I mean, again, you got Chicago, who I believe got pumped tonight. So uh, they're... Uh, the team yeah. that is the Wolves or the Blackhawks because they're both AHL teams. <laughs> <laughs> well, technically, though, the Ice Hogs are the farm club. I know, I know, of, I, know I know. Anyways, so look, it's so it's call, uh, them like, call them like my son does. He calls them the Ice Pigs. That should be their name is the Ice Pigs. Fine, fair enough. But anyways, the point is that the Moose get a much needed win. Probably get a little joy in Joyland, as former Jets coach Claude Noel used to say. Uh, and there's probably some good feelings there. And but but. This is some a team that cannot rest on their laurels. They, you know, it's one win, uh, important. And, and Kyle Capobianco finishes with three assists. Brad Lambert finishes with two assists. So uh, some good feelings in the room. Thomas Millich backed up. So it looks like my uh, comment about Oscar Salmonen is uh, getting some time to kind of reset his battery after kind of a shaky third period uh, last Saturday night. So uh, Thomas Millich backed up Colin Delia again tonight. And uh, I suspect Thomas Milch will get a start tomorrow. So we'll see what happens uh, again. That'll be a rematch for him because he went up against Chicago here in Winnipeg. There you go. Dave M with the Manuk Moose Minute. And of Woo! course, all the Moose action will still be covered. While the Jets are off, the Moose will still keep rolling. And Dave will have it covered on at on his yeah, Twitter. We're not taking a break here, folks. Dave and on the website, IllegalCurve.com. We'll wrap it up with the Tough Duck Hardest Hitting Comment. Should I give the tough duck hardest hitting comment to my dad who was at the game and he just texted me to say ridiculous number of Leafs fans were there. I hated it. I think (laughs) (laughs) hell hath no fury like Sheldon Mendel scorned folks. We don't want to be accused of nepotism though, Drew. So don't you can't be accused of nepotism. And I'm fairly certain that uh, he didn't have to fight his way out of the arena tonight, but uh, you don't want to mess with the old uh, Sheldon Mendel. He's got that North end street tough. Uh, despite his appearance, uh, talk about the fact that Weber is doing Kenny and Rennie from Playboy Carmen. Mexico. Like, yeah, that, that's you know, we need to have an intervention. Like, Ken, that's not okay. That's not okay. And I, I mean, look, you're right. It's not okay. It's it, go. I saw that. It's you're in Mexico. You can take the week I mean, off. 
I worked when I was in Hawaii, but I mean, I didn't do any live shows. I mean, come on, guys. Right. I mean, I did the shows in Kentucky, but at the same time, if I had to miss one, I would have missed one. I mean, yeah. it's not, you know, it's, I wasn't on a, a on a tropical vacation retreat in, you know, somewhere where there's a, you know, a, where there's an open bar going on and an all inclusive. So, yeah, when he comes back, we'll have to have a sit down conversation with Kenny about that. Uh, the tough duck hardest hitting comment tonight. Let's give it to Kenny. Uh, Kelly Menard. Kelly has been in the chat for a bit, and I saw his comment here earlier. Ten days of rest and relaxation couldn't come at a better time for the Winnipeg Jets. Come back healthy and capture the Central Division title. Succinct, and I think really sums up a lot of people's feelings on this Saturday night. So, Kelly, send me an email, drew at illegalcurve.com. Or you can slide into my DMs at IC Drew, and we will hook you up with a Tough Duck toque, courtesy of our friends at Tough Duck. We always appreciate their long-term support of the Illegal Curve post-game show. We appreciate your long-term support of Illegal Curve as well. We started our day 13 hours ago at 9 a.m. with the Illegal Curve hockey show. We're going to wrap it now. 13 hours later with the Illegal Curve post-game show. Jets drop a 4-2 decision to the Toronto Maple Leafs. A disappointing result, but of course there are 35 games still to go so the stretch run of the season gets underway on Tuesday February the 6th. That is the next Jets game in Pittsburgh. Join us here that night for the Illegal Curve post-game show. Want to say a big thank you to all of our sponsors who make the post-game show, the Saturday show, and the website a possibility. Our friends at Rumors Restaurant and Comedy Club, where Rumors would like me to pass on their greetings to all the great supporters in Winnipeg. Another week with packed, sold-out shows at Rumors, and they want to say via me and via us at Illegal Curve to thank you for everybody supporting live comedy in Winnipeg. Our friends at Grid Park, you can use code Illegal Curve to park for free, so be sure to do that and download the Grid Park app. Linden Market Dental Center keeps your chompers looking nice and good. Zapia Group Realty helps you with selling and or buying a home. Betway allows you to place a sports bet legally and safely. Tough Duck keeps your head warm with the Tough Duck hardest hitting comment and the toques that our great audience can win. Boston Pizza, they keep you nourished. We will next be at Boston Pizza on Leap Day, Thursday, February 29th. The Jets look to defeat the Dallas Stars. Join us live on location at Boston Pizza for that uh, post-game show and watch party. Seagram's keeps you th- keeps you uh, sated when you need a drink. So does Farmery Beer. They keep you sated when you need an illegal curve lager like I'm drinking right now and which I must say I am enjoying. And I might enjoy a second one as I can see the Royal Rumble is underway. So I might kick up my feet tonight and enjoy that with a second illegal curve beer. Get that at number two Donald Street or on any of the delivery apps. And of course, speaking about delivery, to deliver your goods safe from one place to another, our friends at Rolly's Transfer get the illegal curve seal of approval. Big thanks to all of you for joining us. If you haven't already done so, smash the like button, subscribe to the YouTube channel, subscribe to the podcast, go to the website, leave us feedback on iTunes, leave us feedback wherever you get your podcast. We always appreciate hearing what you have to say. Again, 
illegalcurve.com. That'll be updated all week long. That's not going anywhere. Next Saturday, 9 a.m., 15 years of Illegal Curve is going to be celebrated. Join us right back here on our YouTube channel. Yours truly, Dave Manuka, Ezra Ginsburg, celebrating 15 years of Illegal Curve broadcasts. Join us then at 9 a.m. next Saturday. Thanks, everyone, for joining us. We appreciate you doing it. We appreciate you spending part of your Saturday night with us. For Dave Manouk, I'm your host, Drew Mandel. Until next Saturday morning, we wish you good night and good luck. And thanks for watching the Illegal Curve post-game show. Thanks for listening to this broadcast from Illegal Curve Hockey. For more great Illegal Curve content, subscribe to the Illegal Curve YouTube channel, follow at Illegal Curve on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and visit your online home for hockey in Winnipeg, IllegalCurve.com.